Coach JB here with you at the Wake Up Show, man, right here on YouTube Live. I appreciate everybody joining in, man. Lots to discuss today. Uh, we're going to have an actual special guest joining us this morning, as I'm going to add that to the show. Um, former Dallas Cowboy, current or former Arkansas Razorback quarterback, Clint Stoner, will be joining us uh, in the second hour of this show. We're going to talk all quarterback play and all things... Uh, Football. So we're gonna we're gonna, he's gonna join us, man. He's also the host of the uh, Houston uh, Radio six ten a.m. show, and uh, Clint does a great job. <clears throat> so he's gonna join us, and we're gonna get after it in the second hour. Um, but first, man, this is gonna be wake your asses up. Uh, make sure you join this show. Uh, hit the su- subscribe button, join it, and uh, hit the like button, man. Uh, appreciate everybody joining me in the mornings. And uh, we got a lot to discuss today, man. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, promo code BLEAV50, Believe50. Head on over there to BetOnline. Make sure you're betting all college and NFL games. Major League Baseball is in full swing. Playoffs are approaching. And we got so much more to discuss. So join us. Cody Gallegos just joined the member. Appreciate you. Uh, We got a lot to discuss this morning, man. We got a lot of things in the mix here. Um... If you guys are uh, looking for sleep aid or some acceleration, CanadaDipCBD.com. Go get you some today. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. And if you buy one, send me a DM or an email and show me you did it. And you will be up for the running for a bunch of different free merch. Whiskey bottles, bikini signed by the lovely Sarah Blake, plus so much more. So make sure you head on over there and check it out. CoachJBStore.com, my personal merch store. You can get you a bottle of whiskey, a book sign, a poster, you name it. Um, It's all on the store, CoachJBStore.com. Check it out, and uh, there's a bunch of new merch on there, and I'm going to be throwing the shirt on there, but what do I know? You know I'm putting that on a T-shirt because that is a segment of this show now that we've added in, And uh, but what the fuck do I know? That's what I should put on the shirt. Hey, Dan Orlovsky's trending right now. If you're waking up with us this morning, uh, I texted Dan last night, and we had a couple laughs about it, man. He couldn't be more ecstatic. He's on a get-up right now on ESPN talking about it. Um, It's kind of fucked up, right? You know, basically, he passed it forward to Jimmy G last night. Jimmy G basically stepped out the back of the end zone in the late-night game versus the Broncos. 
it's kind of unfortunate, man, that somebody has to have that title as the guy that stepped out of the fucking back of the end zone. Uh, looking to have Dan on the show this week. Uh, it is a possibility, so we're waiting to see if he can line it up and get get my main man on the show this week. And, uh, hey, man, it, it's, it's going to be another packed week, man, with a lot of good guests. Last week, shout-out to Sean King, Sean Salisbury, Matt and Zach, as always, um, we're going to have a few other Big Team guests on this week. So shout out to everybody joining the show, making the show go. And uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, I don't even know where to start, man. Uh, let me give you a quote of the day, man, to get you guys going. This, this is the morning show uh, right here, brought to you by betonline.ag. Um, I usually use the quote twice, but um, it's on the ticker. We are what we do, not what we say we do. And I don't know if you understand that or not. I don't think people realize that. We are what the fuck we do, not what we say we do. We don't just sit around and say, you know what, I'm sorry I messed up. Nah, you already did the shit. I've talked about it in length on many occasions, many shows. So I want to make sure you understand that. We are what we do. We're, we're, we're not, it's not what you say you do. It's fuck, I'm tired of hearing all these motherfuckers making excuses. You guys all want to say sorry and apologize, and then we're good. No, that's not how it works, okay? That's not how it works. And uh, this guy right here is pretty much, that's who he is. That's who he is, not who we thought he was. He, today he's going to come out apologetic. He's going to say, I'm sorry. I mean, he bowed up to the coach, and I'm glad the coach stood up like, this is the fucking, shut your bitch ass up. I can't stand a bitch made motherfucker wants to start yelling and shit. I would have choked the fuck out of his bitch ass. You in a grown man league now, motherfucker. You want to talk that shit? Get your fucking ass choked out by mother- motherfucker. Don't realize this- these cats are fucking so fucking, man, they'll drop like a fucking fly too because they're bitch made. They're soft and they don't know about grown man strength. You can ask Bobby Bruce and the entire fucking roster that was on Netflix trying to get me into a fucking lake. There is a difference between a grown man strength and weight room strength. <laughs> Make sure you clear with that shit. Another thing I put on a shirt. Make sure you're clear. First of all, that is the epitome of this generation. That is the epitome of us allowing it and not coaching it. We've been allowing that shit right there for the last 20 years. And now you're seeing why we have a fundamental issue across America. Because of that shit right there. Like, who taught this motherfucker that this was okay? Like, this is literally, that is a, that is a learned trait, a taught trait, everything. You name it. That motherfucker is what he did. He does that all the time. We are what we do, not what we say we do. That's why I chose the quote of the day. Okay? Now, you want to flip it, and we want to get into EB, friend of mine, Eric Bieniemy, and Mahomes. And Mahomes is in no way being that guy for the Jets, right? He, he's no way being the same guy, demonstrative or, 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 or offensive, right? That's just a normal quarterback, uh, OC. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Some of you motherfuckers think that, um, 
He's really the OC. He's not the OC, okay? Please understand, he's not the OC, okay? So uh, the OC who walked in and intervened, also the head coach, that's the OC. Um. I don't know, man. There's two different poss- there's two different approaches there. I didn't mind Mahomes' deal. I cause I know E B and I know E B pisses a lot of people off. And I know I know that uh I don't know I don't know. Steve, did we get that text up that I sent you from Shady McCoy? Um Shady McCoy posted a tweet and he came out and basically said uh, you know he basically came out and was like EB, that's all he do is argue with players and da 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 da. So he hurt. Shady McCoy has a major issue with Eric Bieniemy and EB, and he's came out on podcasts and basically has said, um, basically has said, you know, you you don't you don't deserve uh, head coaching consideration. So he's come out and blasted Eric Bieniemy. I think it's kind of a bitch move. Like you don't blast your former coaches out there. This is a tight fraternity. I don't agree with him doing that. Um, I, I continue to see that, and I'm just like, dog. Why do we always blast out former coaches, former players, uh, former anything? I just don't understand that shit. Um, it really irks me that that's something that we do. Um, I didn't send it to you, uh, Steve. My bad. Uh, if you can find it, Steve, and get it on. Uh, Shady McCoy posted a tweet last night saying Eric Bieniemy all he does is argue with players. Eric Bieniemy is not the one. I just want to be clear with everybody in this chat. I want to be clear with everybody on this show. Um, Eric Bieniemy is not the one that Mahomes or anyone else, Shady McCoy, none of them motherfuckers, I guarantee you, run up on EB. I guarantee you that dude for the Jets would not have ran up on EB. EB's a motherfucking... <laughs> EB will fuck somebody up. I'm just going to keep it there and keep it moving. Um, but it is what it is. We're going to talk about that with Clint Soner in the second hour. We're going to talk about those things. I'm going to ask him about what he thinks. I just think this. we allowed this for so long. We don't coach it anymore. This is the, this is the results that you're seeing. Guys like this, standing up to coaches, talking shit, disrespectful. I don't care what the coach said. Coach, he talked shit. Uh, I don't give a fuck about what he said, okay? I don't care what the coach said. There used to be a fucking thing that you just shut the fuck up, said yes, sir, no, sir. That's just what it was. Now, I'm not saying... Take it in the ass and, 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 and a grown man talking to another grown man out in the street. Of course not. This is There's a hierarchy to this. And it, without hierarchy, that you're going to see horrible results. You're going to see a fucking situation that you see right now. NIL, transfer portal. Transfers at an all-time rate. Motherfuckers leaving at any time they have any... They get yelled at. They're out of there. They're in the portal. No tough skin. All that shit is what you're seeing now because we have allowed it for so fucking long. And you're seeing it. So, 
That's why the quote of the day is, we are what we, who we are, not what we say. What we do is who we are. Let's make sure we understand that. Um, but a lot of football over the weekend, uh, a lot of upsets in the college ranks, okay? Miami gets beat by Middle Tennessee. Um, oh, I'm going to talk to Clint about coaches deserving of pay. I'm going to talk to Clint about quarterbacks deserving of the pay they're getting or asking for. We're going to talk about that and break that down in the second hour. But uh, I want to get into a couple games, okay? Um, I try to stick to the NFL on this on this on the morning show. I try to do mostly NFL, so we're gonna stick to the NFL later on. The one o'clock show, we'll talk about college football more um, with Sarah and, and the guests we have on with Zach and, and Matt and different people in the in the one o'clock show. Um, but in, in the morning show, I like to talk more about NFL and get into a more personal, in-depth NFL stuff just so all the fans and all the folks in here can understand there's a difference. But um, the Dolphins upset the Bills, 21-19. Stay undefeated, all right? They stay undefeated as, as the Bills dropped the first game of the year. Josh Allen was almost perfect in the first half, uh, but he ended up uh, only getting in the end zone twice. Throws for 400 yards, 42 of 63. 42 of 63. Make sure you guys pound the like button, man. Become a member, all you guys. Lee P, Juan, everybody that's in here, Miami JIT, all you guys ain't a member, $1.99 a month, best $1.99 a month. You can join in and call in live, and you can win some merch. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more things as the show grows. So I apologize. We're getting the show growing. Appreciate you guys. Pound the like button, man. We're here in the morning show. Wake up, wake up, and uh, we're going to get this thing going. Let me break something down. Josh Allen is a phenom. He's a freak of nature. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's an athletically gifted freak. I think he's got big-time arm talent. I think he, he possesses a lot of things. I do not know if he has the it factor. I do not know that. He has yet to show up in a meaningful game. Not only has he not won the meaningful game, he has yet to complete a ball in meaningful time. So he missed a, a ball um, to win the game this weekend against Miami. He waits and waits and waits, back foot, throws it late. He depends on his arm strength and arm talent. But once you let that ball go, it's Sayonara. There is no more. There is no more oh, shit, I can't get it back. Can I get that throw back? Once that bitch leaves your hand, you better make sure you are mechanically sound to get the football on time out there. And I broke the play down. Josh Allen really was late. The ball, it was a mess concept. It was a, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a goal line mess concept right now that needed to be thrown. And he had leverage and he missed it and skips passes the ball to him. He did it in the playoffs last year, even though he fucking dominated and looked great. I think people, I don't think people realize he is the James Harden of the NFL right now. He is the James Harden of the NFL right now. He's beautiful in the regular season. He balls out. Everybody oozing and awes of him. But see, the problem is you don't get it. 
This is a results-oriented life we live. Results-oriented business. He has yet to show up in a meaningful game and win that motherfucker. He can't beat Mahomes when it counts. He misses a throw last night. This is all part of it, Brian Martinez. This is all part of it. You make that throw yesterday, it builds your confidence growing into next week as we build in going into the playoffs. And then when it gets to be crunch time and we got to beat the Chiefs in crunch time, this is what I do. I win games like this because I've been there. I know how to do it. He struggles in the last few big-time throws of big-time games. That's just what it is. I'm not saying he's not great, but is he elite? Is he the guy? Is he the next apparent goat? <laughs> like, I love that shit. Let's pump our brakes, man. He threw the ball 63 times. Now, let's talk schematically and coaching-wise. Sean McDermott, I like what he's doing. He brings a lot of energy. I like Dorsey. I like the OC. Um, I'm very, 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 very worried that he's throwing the football 63 times a game. The other game, the other day at least, he threw 63. He threw 50 in game two. So, 63 times. Why aren't we running the football more? I'm confused on why we're not balancing this thing out. If we're continuing going to put it on him this early in his career, it is going to wear his ass out in three to four or five years. It is going to put him in very, very, very sticky situations because every time you drop back to pass, Every time you drop back to pass, 63 of them to be exact, there's a running opportunity for him because you know he loves to tuck it and go. And there's an opportunity for him to get fucking injured just like Trey Lance. Just like we thought Tua got hurt yesterday. Just like these guys are coming up injured because 63 throws gives him an opportunity to run the football 63 times. And if you're asking your quarterback to do that, you are really, really, really tripping. So pump your brakes. Let's get the run game going. And let's take some fucking onus off of Allen. And let's see if we can extend the season for him and get him to be healthy towards the end and prove that he can win the big one when it counts. He's yet to do it so far. I'm just telling you. You guys all talk about how great these guys are. At least Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. Allen needs to win the big one and get over the hump if you guys want to put him in this fucking elite situation. Herbert, okay, we throw the ball too much. I'm not saying you can't throw the ball, but we don't run the football with Eckler enough, in my opinion. And he's bro- he has a rib fracture, and he's not playing. And it's like, dog, these are the franchise quarterbacks, not only of your franchise. They're the NFL's fucking eye candy. This is what fills the stands. Herbert, Allen, Mahomes. These guys fill the stands. Tua got hit, clearly landed on his head. I saw it. I saw him get up and fall down. That is a the epitome of what the Will Smith movie fucking concussion was about. This is the epitome of what the NFL fucking swears by. This is the epitome of why let's fight CTE and his concussions. But yet, this motherfucker just hit his head, was literally clearly out of it. Don't give me that his back shit. 
This motherfucker didn't wake up yesterday <laughs> for the first time, motherfucker. This motherfucker understands what a fucking jarred brain looks like and feels like. Trust me, I've had my head hit the fucking ground. When that helmet hits the ground, that you don't have a mouthpiece in, your fucking jaw concusses. Guarantee you that's what happened to that motherfucker. And he was out of it. Now, do I believe you can pass a protocol after that right there? Because that was clearly a mild one. It was probably got his bell rung and he had to come too. But that is the rule. I thought you couldn't go back into the game. I didn't even see them take his helmet. I didn't even see him take his helmet. Did you guys see him take his helmet? The bottom line is, I'm curious to see how the NFL comes after the Dolphins. Like, why is the Dolphins always into some shady shit? They are becoming the Bill Belichick-ran New England Patriots when they won Super Bowls. Flategate. Spygate. How many fucking gates? How many gates are there going to be with this Miami Dolphin? Hey, dog, this is what it is. We're here to win games. We don't give a fuck about your brain. We don't give a fuck about, <laughs> about Tua's future. We don't give a fuck about black coaches. We don't give a fuck about nothing. We're here to win everything. That is what the fuck Miami Dolphins organization and that owner has is done. In the last year and a half. You fucked Flores. You've got some other shady business cracking. You, Hey, if they win a Super Bowl though, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Because it's all about what you've done lately. And nobody's going to remember Brian Flores. Nobody's going to remember this weirdo fucking coach they got hired now. Who I just look at and say, fuck, there's no way you can coach me. But the motherfucker's 3-0. So, it's a result-oriented life. He's 3-0, fellas. This weirdo motherfucker is 3-0. And you know, I've been one to talk about him. And I'm like, there's no way the team's bought into this dude. Hey, man, winning cures all things. Winning cures all things. And that motherfucker may make me, make me eat crow. And I'm I'm fine with it. I have no, I, no, no fucking um, issue with it. I've been proven wrong before. But... I'm curious to see a game in crunch time, which last night they got done. I thought Allen should have won that game. But the the Miami Dolphins could be for real. They could be for real. And uh, maybe this coach is a fucking savant and just a weirdo-looking cat. But in the locker room, that motherfucker drops a 10-inch dick and says, fuck you, let's get it cracking. I don't know. But that's what the problem He's 3-0, though. <laughs> you can say what you want. That motherfucker's 3-0. So, Tua, listen to this. This is the difference between winning in the NFL and losing in the NFL. Josh Allen was 42 of 63, 400 yards, ran for another um, amount of yards. I don't have the stats, but, uh, but he ran for another touchdown, I think. And they lost. They lost. Tua was 13 of 18 for 186 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle had four catches for 102 yards. Tyreek only had two for 33, and they won the football game. How did they win the football game? Everyone wants to ask. How did they win the football game? Well, they ran the ball, they played great defense. They were smart on special teams, even though they hit the butt punt. 
And even with the butt punt, they won the football game. Like, dog, 13 of 18. 13 of 18. Tua is not being asked to do a lot, if you've noticed. They're playing opportunistic football. Opportunistic football. That's what they're playing. And they have Waddle. They have Hill. Even if Hill's a decoy in that particular game because they're double-teaming and bracketing them with different coverage schemes, you have Waddle. You have, what's his name, Hileski or whatever, the tight end who's good. They got a decent run game. They play good defense. Miami has a very good fucking defense nobody's talking about. I thought the Colts was going to have the defense. I thought Denver was going to have the defense. The fucking Miami Dolphins look to have the best defense in the NFL. I thought the Bills were going to have the best defense. Looks like Miami has the best defense. Even though they got torched by the Ravens, even though they got torched by the Ravens, they came back in that game. They have literally won every possible way through three weeks in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins have won every single possible way. They won in a shootout. They won in a low-scoring game against New England. They win in another close game versus Buffalo. So they've won two close games, but one was a high-scoring shootout. One was a low-scoring 13 of 18, 186-yard performance by Tua after the concussion in the bar in the brain jar. And um, Tyreek, two for 33. Hey, man, is what it is. Right now, the Miami Dolphins could possibly be the best team in the fucking NFL. So, shit. I mean, I'm only going by what I'm seeing. I, I, shit. I'm, I wasn't a tour believer. I'm not a Mike, whatever the guy's coach's name is, believer. And I'm still not. Okay? Let's pump your brakes. What I'm telling you is, through three weeks, the Dolphins look very, very good. And can they sustain that throughout the whole season and be legitimately contending at the end of it? I don't know. Proven to be a scene. I want to see it be proven to me. Um, but we'll see. The Colts made a statement. God damn it. Finally, the Colts win one, which I actually predicted right here on the show on Friday. I said the Colts would cover. They did. They not only covered, they win uh, 20 to 17. They go to 1 1 and 1 um, on the year. Ryan was 27 of 37, 222, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Much better game um, versus a pretty decent. Chief defense. Jonathan Taylor ran the ball 21 times. That is the difference. You run the football. Run the football. 21 carries for fucking, not crazy yards, 71 yards, right? But Michael Pittman came back. What did I say in my show Friday? I said Michael Pittman wasn't there last week when Ryan lost. And I said that actually matters, so calm down. Pittman comes back, and ironically, not only do they win, Pittman has eight catches. He has eight catches, um, and uh, this Jelani Woods cat had two catches for 13 yards and two touchdowns. So running the football and playing good defense is the the ultimate success uh, equalizer in the NFL. That's how you win. And... That's the Colt team that I expected to be in the AFC championship game playing against either the Broncos or the Bills, which I've said on my show, the Broncos, and the Broncos to date have looked absolutely horrible. Um, 
They get the nasty win last night in possibly the worst football game of the season. Probably been the worst. It was the worst uh, for a game that was in no rain, no snow, uh, a normal 70-degree evening in Denver, Colorado. It had to be one of the worst displays of fucking NFL football I've seen in 35 years. I'm not lying to you. It was 7-5. to five. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was seven to five. It was ten to five. It was fucking eleven to ten. And I don't know if we were playing soccer and fucking shootout. I don't know if we were playing baseball and the Dodgers beating the fuck out of the Padres. I don't know what we were playing last night, but eleven to ten football game uh, was just not the business to me. It was unbelievable. Russell Wilson has yet to show me. That he is the guy I expected him to be. I did not think he was going to be this bad. Now listen, I want to break something down real quick, all right? I want everybody to understand something. Why JB? First of all, what does JB know? Second of all, understand something. Why I personally am not so quick to shit on some team or anoint a team, Okay. This is why, especially in the NFL right now. Number one, you have a limitation on what you can do with the kids, with the players in the NFL. You got fucking condoms on their helmets in practice now. All right, now we don't get to we don't get to really hit, bang, wrap up, tackle. We don't have the camaraderie we once had in the locker room. We have so many other bullshit mechanisms that control the NFL. Okay, number two, there is no preseason football for the starters anymore it is a basically stay pretty stay clean let the young guys play so we can make our roster cuts but what it does is it doesn't give you any time on the field together as a starter as a cohesive unit Aaron Rodgers don't play Mahomes don't really play Herbert plays a little like these guys aren't playing a lot together in the in in the in the preseason anymore in NFL landscape so having said that that is why it takes a few weeks. That is why I've come out and said it takes a while. And everyone's bashing Jimmy G and the Niners, just like they did when they lost to the Rams in the NFC title game last year, even though he's a 71% NFL winning quarterback, which is tied for the most winning percent, highest winning percentage of all time. But you want to talk shit about Jimmy G. Okay, whatever. You guys all know more. What do I know? He wasn't even with the fucking team or this roster. Or was he healthy to throw a football? Now you have thrown him in the fucking fire. And now all you guys want this guy to come out here and be the fucking best thing since sliced bread for your fucking organization. Calm down, Niner fans. He saved your fucking life at the end of this day. Just mark my words. You think Trey Lance was going to get you to the fucking promised land? This guy has saved your life. And then there's trade rumors came out that he was going to the Washington Commanders and it was a done deal, but he chose to have surgery to, cor- to correct the issue he had in his shoulder. So he should be in Washington. And that, my friends, tells you what Washington thinks of Carson Wentz. Well, what do I know? I've only been the guy that says Carson Wentz is the biggest fucking overrated guy in fucking football besides Baker Mayfield. I've only said 
Let me ask you this. They were trying to trade for Jimmy G after they already had attained Carson Wentz. What does that tell you out there, Carson Wentz fans? Carson Wentz is the second most overrated quarterback of our generation. What did he give the ball away yesterday? How many times? Did he fucking fumble again like three times? What does this guy do? Like, all I see is him just give up the ass. Oh. And I hear Pat McAfee and all them. I I love Pat and all his boys, and they talk about him, and they, they always stay positive with this stuff. And, and that's, his, that's his motto, and I, and I, and I uh, commend him greatly. But the, 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 the talk about Wentz being this tough guy, soldier, he's going to run with a broken ankle and fucking, and that's why he fumbles, I just can't agree with. I think the motherfucker is dumb as a rock. I think the motherfucker is not a very good quarterback. I think he tries to do too much, and that's why he's not very good. And I don't think he has the it factor. And I think that is the number one reason. Um, the number one reason that he's shitty. Not that he's overly tough and he wants to get it done. No, I don't believe that at all. Um, so Jay Michaels is back. Shout out to him. Um, this is a guy that's telling me to check my sources. And he spells Wentz, W-E-N-T-S. So the guy that wants me to check my sources can't even spell the man we're talking about's name correctly. <laughs> I love my dick riders, dog. I love my dick riding fucking fans. I really do. Like, it's unbelievable. You cannot try to talk shit to me and clown me and you can't even spell. <laughs> like, come on, man. But I'm going to check my sources because this guy can't even fucking spell. <laughs> Jay Michael, it was before Wentz. You need to check your sources. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh man, I love my fucking Wentz is horrible. By the way, he's fucking god awful. Um, but that's just telling you, okay. By the way, they were trying to trade for Jimmy G during the summer. Okay, last time I checked, Wentz was traded in the off season, but we'll. I don't know. What do I know? Going back to the Colts and uh, Chiefs game, Mahomes was 20-35, 262, and a touchdown and interception. Okay? He's going to have some games like this because I think he's worried. He, I think Andy Reid has him work in the pocket. I think he has him climb in the pocket. I think he has him doing things that will make, make him better in the long run, which I like to see. I, I would love to be proven wrong, dog. I'm not against humans. I'm not against players that played the position that I actually played. I'm not against it. I want to make sure you're clear on this. No, I do not hate on Lamar Jackson. I'm Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. I wish I was wrong with them. I just tell you the truth about them. Coach, you hate on Kyler Murray. No, I don't actually hate on Kyler Murray. He might be the greatest video game playing motherfucking human I've ever met in my life. 
but that doesn't mean he's a good football player. I just call it what I see it. So let me ask you this. All these fucks on ESPN, Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and all these motherfuckers can talk shit all day long about some shit. And they're okay to do it. But I, I drop a tweet about it and I'm the, I'm the asshole. <laughs> By the way, I know more than all the motherfuckers combined. I'm just throwing that out there, too. So I'm just telling you, I'll drop my nuts. I know more than all the motherfuckers. All they're doing is Googling stats and pulling them up and reading them. I don't have stats and sheets in front of my motherfucking ass. I'll show you the video, motherfucker. I'll put the camera on my ass. After this, I'll fucking turn my other camera on me so you can see literally what I do the show with. Matter of fact, I'll do it right now so you know I'm not bullshitting you. So here we go. What the fuck do I have? Do I have notes? Did I hide them? Did I hide them? Let me see, dog. Did I hide them, motherfuckers? <laughs> Did I hide the notes? Now, I have a screen right here that keeps me on task. But do I have a bunch of stats and notes? Fuck no, homie. I don't got shit. But you guys want to fucking... You all think that these fucks know everything... On Twitter and on fucking social media. And because they're on ESPN, they're the fucking guru. No, motherfucker. They're not the gurus. They don't know shit. They got a production team giving them fucking stats. I don't need no fucking stats. I never needed notes either when I fucking talked to my players. I never needed notes to motivate. I never needed notes to any of that shit. You know why? Because real recognizes real. Players see through that shit. Genuine shit is genuine shit. So, bullshit is smelt miles away by any player and any coach, just so we're clear. I just want to make sure you, you understand that. Um, Mahomes did not look very good yesterday. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. I don't think he looked very good. Um I thought the Colts neutralized him with, with Jonathan Taylor. Even though he ran for 71 yards, he ran 21 times. That is a huge indicator that they're keeping you off the football field. You don't need to run <clears throat> for 200 yards every game. But did I not say on this show that they need to run Jonathan Taylor more? What is going on with Jonathan Taylor? Why did he only have nine touches the week before? Did I not say that on this very show? Yes, I did. So, having said that, Jonathan Taylor running the football 21 times. Getting the ball to Pittman eight times for 72 yards. That's 144 yards in basically run games. So if you think about it, Pittman got a lot of balls that were short, intermediate throws that allowed them to smooth the sticks. So 140 fucking yards basically in the run game because of attachments and RPOs they did to Pittman through the run game is what kept Mahomes off the field. And then Mahomes being 20 for 35, 262 and a touchdown with a pick. You know Mahomes throws picks. We know he can he can fucking turn real fast upside down. We better make sure that we watch that for uh, going forward. Um, Juju Smith had five catches for 89 yards. Okay? Five for 89. Um, I mean... I told you, that's the offense they're going to have. This is the offense I predicted from the gate. Big receivers, six, seven, eight catches, 
but no explosive Tyreek Hill plays, no big Kelsey plays, no fucking big explosive get the ball to, to, to him, Tyreek Hill, and let him go for 80. We don't see that no more. Hardman, by the way, is not that guy. Hardman is not that guy. And Alaire, whatever the running back's name is, has not shown up yet. And what is this, year three? He hasn't shown up um, to what we thought he was going to be coming out of LSU. Edwards Alaire. So, I don't know. Um, That's just what I am. Kelsey had four catches and a touchdown, 58 yards. But those play, those those yards, 58 yards on four catches and a touchdown, it's not the same Kelsey play. You, you don't get it. When I break down shit, you guys look at it like, oh, he's hating. Why is he only breaking down the negative? Why is he only doing this? Number one, this is the problem. The issue is four catches of 58 yards. Two of them came late in the game. A touchdown that was basically meaningless in the ball game because... You have to understand, Kelsey needs a ball 10 times a game for 120 yards a game and two touchdowns a game minimum for the Chiefs to have success this year, period. I've been saying it for like fucking eight weeks. Kelsey has to be the guy on that team now. And they better start running the football or they're going to be really, really fucked. So I'm just telling you. Titans get a much-needed win. Derrick Henry runs for 20 20 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. 24-22 victory that pushes the Titans to 1-2. Raiders to 0-3. Tannehill, 19-27, 264, a tub and a pick. He also ran for a touchdown. Robert Woods led four catches, 85 yards. Not a lot of big stats going around the NFL right now if you haven't looked. Not a lot of big uh, stats being pushed around right now. But Tannehill is another Jimmy G to me, all right? I think he's a winner. I think he does just enough to win the football games. I think he uh, he doesn't hurt you, but he doesn't help you. Um, I think he, I still think he's underrated because he's undervalued for the team they have. But at the same time, he's not a big-time guy. He's not going to get that bag. He's not going to get that big-time money. Um, even though... I will go out on a limb right now versus all you dick riders. And I will tell you, if you put Tannehill on the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals are probably two and one. That is the fucking real. That is what the difference is with an NFL style quarterback and a fucking idiot that just wants to run around that knows nothing about the offense. You will see how short-lived Kyler Murray's career is. We're going to get into it. Oh, Darren Waller's disappointing? No. Did somebody say that on this show? Did somebody say Darren Waller was going to struggle with Devontae Adams? Did somebody say Devontae Adams was going to have his worst year? Did somebody say Waller wasn't not going to be the guy everyone said? I want to know because I think I have receipts, dog. I think I have receipts. I think I literally said it on this show. I think I said that you're going to stress the fuck out of Hunter Renfro. <laughs> What's happened to him? Oh, he's hurt. Oh, my bad. I think I called it. But fuck, dog. What do fucking I know? What does JB know? I don't know shit, man. You guys on Twitter know more, though. You guys know more on Twitter than what I know. But I think I said Derek Carr's unbelievably horrible. I think I said that it's going to cost Devontae Adams... His fucking career. 
And how long have I been saying car's shitty? I just want to know how long I've been saying car's shitty. I think I've been saying it for quite some time, man. But what do I know? I'm just a hater. Coach, you're just a hater. Coach, you're just a hater. <laughs> no, I'm a fucking truth teller, motherfucker. You can't handle the truth. That's okay. Some of you motherfuckers can't handle the truth. But it's okay. What do I know? Derek Carr was 26 of 44, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick in critical time again. He turns the ball over in the most opportunistic time for the fucking opposing team, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, Josh Jacobs had 13 carries for 66 yards. See, that's not enough to me. 13 touches is not enough by a guy like him. Josh Jacobs needs to fucking carry the football a lot more. He needs to carry it a lot, lot more. So that's what I don't understand. By the way, Steve Mack, I want you to know. Uh, everybody in the chat, I want you to know. I just got an email. Um, I am cleared to show NFL film now on my show. Because of my connection with DV Sport and the NFL agreement, I don't have Pat McAfee's NFL Films clearance, but I do have clearance now to show film on YouTube without being struck down. And I just got the claim released. And good news, after reviewing your dispute, NFL has decided to release their copyright claim on your YouTube channel titled Coach JB Show. So clap it up. Now I can show all kinds of motherfucking film right here. Now we're going to blow this fucking show up. So I appreciate you two for buying in on, on this shit and not banning me for a week, number one. But it's all who you know. It ain't what you know. Remember that. Plus, they sent me a tweet, tweet last night. They even tweeted me last night and said, sorry about fucking up. And I retweeted it for them because I'm a nice guy. But I, I actually retweeted it being a smart ass. But we don't need to get into that. Um... Derek Carr, 26 of 44, 300 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Mac Hopkins led the receiving crew. Who the fuck is that? Does anyone know who the fuck that is? Who the fuck is Mac Hopkins? Anyway, he had eight catches for 158 and a touchdown. And Devontae Adams has five catches for 36 yards. He did score. <laughs> he did score. God damn, I, I don't, I actually, dog, I want to break this down. I actually don't like being right. I do not like being right when it comes to players and predictions of these quarterbacks and these receivers and these teams. I don't like being right because it makes me feel like an arrogant, pompous ass, right? Which I am, right? But having said that, um, <laughs> you know, the problem is I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. See, when you're good at something... I tell you. I tell you about it. When you're great at something, I'm actually told about it. And that's why I get told about it every day now. Damn, coach, you called that shit. Damn, coach, you sure did go talk about Carr. Damn, coach, you sure were right about Devontae Adams. Damn, coach, you sure were right about the fucking Colts at the end of the day. We will see all those things. But when you're great, people tell you. When you're fucking good, you tell people. That's the difference. Now, let me eat a little crow. Hey, I'm a humble motherfucker. I can talk and talk back and and uh, get and be humble and stuff like that. I have no issue. But 
Lamar Jackson so far has bet on himself. Lamar Jackson has bet on his fucking self. Kudos to Lamar Jackson. He has bet on himself. Okay? And without an agent, with without accepting money that he thought was not suitable for a guy that's won an MVP, has had no off-the-field issues, has a great character, has a high ceiling, freaking nature talent, and said, you know what, fuck you. You paid this pedophile Deshaun Watson, but you won't pay me. And I have won an MVP. He has not. Um, you paid Kyler Murray, who this fucking plays video games with little Asian boys overseas on internet every single day. And you fucking paid that motherfucker, but you won't pay me. My boy Steve Mack don't like that I say certain things. I like when I see him shake his head in the background. It's comical. Uh, I got to get better at that, guys. So you guys in the chat, make sure you help me out there. But that's what he's doing in essence, right? I used to play Mortal Kombat online, and I know I was getting my motherfucking ass ate the fuck up by Baraka. uh, Baraka, And uh, it was a small little Asian kid. He was eight years old, and he was better than any human in fucking the world. And I was like, God damn, homie. And that is what it is. That's who fucking Kyler Murray spends his time on. He don't spend his time on learning, fucking watching fucking third down pressures. <laughs> He's learning how to fucking fight on fucking Mortal Kombat. So the problem is that is what we have. We have this issue out there that different generation, different generation. But that's who Lamar Jackson is pissed off about. Why I'm not getting paid. If these motherfuckers are getting paid, why am I not getting paid? I am totally with them, dog. I give him, I commend that motherfucker. Shout out. Again, shout out. I'm on record saying how much I've loved the motherfucker. Like I said, a very, very good, close personal friend of mine recruited him and had him at Louisville. I know his character. I root for him. But I also tell the truth. I also show you the truth. I tell you the truth. That is what I'm telling you guys. You have to understand that. Having said that, based on the current landscape and the marketplace, he deserves the money. He deserves the money. Josh, I appreciate you, man. Hey, man, all you guys in the chat, I know you. some of you are new. Hit the like button for me. Pound this button on three on me. One, two, three. Hit the like button for me, man. Uh, too many people here not to hit the like button. I appreciate you, man. Clint Stoner joining us in 10 minutes. Talk all things football. Cowboys, Arkansas, Razorbacks lose to AM. We're going to break down the SEC. We're going to break down the AFC West. Is it overhyped? Was everybody wrong when they said the AFC West was the best fucking thing on football? No, I don't know. We're going to be very, very interested. I'm very, very interested to see if the AFC West is over fucking hyped because I'm going to break down the Chargers. The Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos, who I picked to go to the AFC title game, look absolutely fucking atrocious. We're going to break all those things down with Clint and myself later on. Um, Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns against a Belichick-led defense. They win 37-26. He was 18 of 29 for 200 yards, okay? Not stellar passing stats, okay? 
Not stellar passing stats. Four touchdowns, though, which is stellar. Okay, Four touchdowns, which is very stellar. And he ran the ball 11 times for 107 and another touchdown. Mark Andrews saved Lamar Jackson twice. Once I threw, I showed up on my halftime show. If, by the way, if you don't, if you didn't see my halftime show, um, I just did that shit. Do you think I wrote that down and ad-libbed that motherfucker? I ad-libbed it. Do you think I had notes on that shit? No, I did it real fucking fast live, actually. But Andrews saves him over a dude, catches the ball over a dude, and Lamar's throwing the ball just up for grabs. And now I can show those films. So now I got to get into watching that because my DV Sport doesn't have that new NFL film yet. So once I get that, then we'll start showing these plays. And if you think that was a good throw, you're out of your fucking mind. Now, do I think Mark Andrews is so determined to make that fucking play happen that because he loves Lamar Jackson, that team loves Lamar Jackson, they don't want to let Lamar Jackson down? Yes, I'm tending to think that. I tend to think that motherfucker is such a fucking good kid and good fucking leader that they love him in the locker room that they're willing to put their fucking life on the line for that motherfucker. Andrew saves him over and over and over. He's slowly becoming one of the top three tight ends in football, in my opinion. So, but Lamar Jackson is betting on himself. I will eat crow all day long. Lamar Jackson's betting on himself no agent, doing the things he's doing. Kudos to him. Kudos to him. Um, having said that, though, I don't know if it's smart. I don't know. But, man, goddamn, dog, I, I, I have nothing but the ultimate respect for him doing it this way. I have nothing but the re- most respect for him doing it this way. I really do. It takes a lot of nuts and guts to throw your fucking, to throw your life on the line and say, you know what, pump my brakes, I'm not taking this money, but I'm going to fucking bet on myself. I'm not only going to go out there and ball and win, I'm going to go out there and win the MVP possibly as well, and I'm going to do it in a contract year where you can try to franchise tag me at the end of this thing and say, oh shit. Um, what's really going on? And, and and Sean Rush brought up a point where I've already I've already discussed. Why does Lamar sacrifice his body for a team who won't pay him? See, I, I, there's twofold to this. First of all, they didn't say they wouldn't pay him. They offered him two hundred plus million dollars. He turned it down. Okay. Secondly, he is betting on himself. Unlike a lot of bitch-made cats out here, he's betting on himself and saying, fuck it, I'm going to play. I'm not going to be James Harden and Kyrie and sit out like a bitch-made cat. I'm going to play with my brothers in that locker room who I said I would play with. I'm not entering the proverbial transfer portal, even though we're in the NFL, I'm under contract, and I'm going to sit out, unlike a lot of these motherfuckers. That's what I love about him. At least he fucking plays. That is why I love him to death in in this move that he's making. I love it. Do I think it's right? Not necessarily. I wish he would take that money. But at the same time, dog, if you know what you know, you know more than me. Period. 
That's just is what it is. He knows the situation much better than any of us talking about it right now. That's why I don't put my foot in my mouth and say, fuck it, do this, do that, do that. All I say is I have a fucking suggestion. All right? And if he's going to bet on himself and win, dog, fuck, man. I, I give nothing but love to that motherfucker, dog. Lamar Jackson's very, very... He's, he's growing on me for the simple fact that he's doing it against all odds. Against the cats like me that say he's not a sustainable NFL quarterback. I still believe it. I still don't believe he's sustainable. But goddamn, he's fun to watch. And he's uh, even though he's mechanically flawed in a lot of ways at the quarterback position, he's fun to watch. He's a freak of nature. But I just want to let you know, when the 107 yards... Stops. He had 11 carries for 107. Okay. Somebody in here the other day was saying, he don't run that many times. He, they tried to tell me and Sean Salisbury on my show Friday, Lamar Jackson's not running that much. He averages 11 carries, okay. Carries. Not 11 scrambles. He, 11 carries. That means design quarterback run game. Design quarterback run game. Is 11. That's more than some college triple option quarterbacks, by the way. But what do I know? If you think that is sustainable in the NFL, and he's going to continue this for a couple years, you are falsely confused. You are very, very confused. And the problem I have is, why I said take the money is because the Ravens can come back if he has any slight injury at all. Let's say he fucking, God forbid... He has a fucking, tears a hamstring or blows out a knee. Do you think they're paying him next year? Fuck no. They're not going to pay him. That is why I said, take the money. He has generational wealth sitting there right now that he can accept. And I guarantee you, if he walks in there tomorrow and says, dog, you know what, I'm going to take the deal. And if his agent's any good at all, if he gets an agent, and, and, and that's why I say get an agent, dog, because if he had an agent, this would happen. Hey, you know what? We're going to accept your deal, but we're also going to write in this stipulation in here and say, listen, if I win a playoff game, I'm going to get this. And if I win a Super Bowl, you're going to pay me this that equals or greater than Deshaun Watson. You can put that in a stipulated fucking contract, which is called a incentivized contract, by the way, and you can put those in there, and then you can say, I'm betting on myself. And guess what? If I don't do these things, I'll just take the money we agreed on. So, what do I know, dog? Hey, Uso, what do I know, Josh? I only said that KU was going to win seven games and start 5-0, and but what do I know? They're 4-0. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what I know anymore. Um, I'm just saying Lamar Jackson's not, it's not sustainable for him um, for a long period of time, okay? It's just not sustainable. So, um, listen, uh, Clint Stoner's going to join us here in a second. Uh, Steve, wait, look out for him. Just keep him in the shadows when he pops in. Uh, I'm going to go take a piss, get me a coffee, and we're going to come back for the second hour of this wake-up show right here. Uh, we'll get into Sark, and we'll get into all things... Um, Football related, don't worry, I got a lot to discuss. Um, but I'll be back in uh, in about three minutes. So, what do I know? But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? 
But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Really? So, Appalachian State goes into AM, a $40 million booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at, at Appalach- uh, Appalachian State, makes $425K a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas A&M has 56 four- or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. 40, $125,000 the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K, maybe 100K, maybe 100K, maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know A&M's quarterback coach makes? $325,000, almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas A&M when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low-scoring affair when they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you in a Power 5 school, and they can show they can beat you a higher-ranked team in a low-scoring affair. But what do I know? <laughs> 56 four- and five-star players. Appalachian State has one. And by the way, Bruce Helms, they did it to Michigan in 2007. They weren't even a Division One team yet. I hope you do know that. They were an FCS school at the time they beat Michigan. So... <laughs> But what do I know? All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm back. Um, appreciate you guys uh, waiting on Clint to join us. We'll 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 get to we'll get to him as soon as he joins us here. Um, I know he tweeted it out, um, but I'm just waiting on him. We'll get to go. We'll get going. Um, um Make sure you watch the Jason Whitlock show every Monday. I'll be on every Monday. We talk all things football. So I'm on there today. And he drops it live, I think, at, in the evenings every every day. So um, I'll be on there every Monday. I'm back on there today. Talk all things football. So appreciate it. Um, so Lamar Jackson, man, I'm, I know I'm talking about Lamar. Uh, waiting on Clint to come in. Um Lamar Jackson's betting on himself, Dal. Kudos to the motherfucker. I'm just telling you he's not sustainable to run the football as much as he's doing. And I don't believe he's going to get that bag for the simple reason that um, 
they're not willing to pay a guy that big of a contract. I'm just sorry to tell you. Um, that just is what it is. Um, Sean Rush, man, become a member. I like what you say in here. You say a lot of good things. We're going to break down Jimbo Fisher. We're going to break down. I'm going to ask Clint a bunch of different questions. Um, actually, about uh, what coaches are overpaid and what quarterbacks are overpaid. We're going to ask all those things, by the way. So, a lot of good things to come. A lot of good things to come. Um, Mac Jones struggles, throws three picks, 22 of 32, throws for 321, but struggled mildly, to say the least. He, he struggled mildly, to say the least, yesterday against the Ravens. Um, you know, he struggled, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you heard the news, though. I wanted to get this all out there. Maybe you haven't heard since last night or this morning. Um, but, man, without further ado, let's get to rights of my main man. All right, I'm going to bring him in. He's here. We're going to break it down. All things football. So I appreciate everybody joining us in the morning. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, the great Clint Stoner is joining us. Clint, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing well, Coach. Before you, I, I've seen you work now. Before you get off in my ass for being a little bit late here, I want you to know this technology you put me on is, is a little bit different now. Hey, Zoom, I figured hey, that. Zoom, I, I've been, Zoom, I'd have been talking to you 10 minutes ago, baby. But this one right here got me. But if it's the best thing, if it's the best thing out there, hey, let's ride, coach. Hey, look at this. Look at this setup, man. Look, <laughs> look, look, I got the ticker on the bottom. I got your I got your I got your name and shit. Like I can bring up your name and stuff. Like my, my guy's working behind the scenes for me. So uh we got a, I got a guy running the deal and everything. So it's a good, it's a good situation. Um I'm going to bring up your information here if I can find it. I don't know where it is. Um, well, what you need, hell, I know it. I'll give it to you. What you need, Coach? Oh, uh, no. He, uh, I think he's got it. Do you got it? There it is right there. Right there on the bottom on the ticker. Make sure you guys follow Clint on Twitter and everything else. He's the host of the Clint Starter Show, Radio 6, 10 a.m. In, in Houston. Is that right, uh, Clint? You have Monday through Friday, 2 to 6? Yeah, man, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 p.m. drive time. I got, And that's actually not the Clint Starter Show. It's Clint Sterner and the show. You know what I mean? I got one of them co-hosts that likes it. I mean, he's the show, baby. He's the show. So he brings the heat every day, and we have a good time down here in Houston. Absolutely. I got you. Now, you from Houston? Born and raised, Baytown, just on, on, on the southeast side. No doubt. No doubt. Love Baytown. Man, I'm actually looking at a place out there, man. And, uh, like, I was looking at League City, Missouri City, different areas. I got friends there. I recruited it forever, man. I always loved the area. Houston's the closest thing to L.A. where I'm from. So if I want to get the hell up out of Dodge, Houston to me <laughs> is the best. You know what I mean? And, hey, Clint, people talk all that shit, man. I like traffic. I like that shit. It's a city life. I, I, I don't want to live in the middle of nowhere with no traffic. I'm like, shit, hey, coach, I like to I, see I girls. I don't want to be, Coach, I don't want to be one of them, one of them simple-minded, easy-to-get-to type of cats. You know what I mean? Like, if, if traffic and weather, if that really bothers you, how you living, man? If, if that if all it takes is is some brake lights or a little bit of rain and you get all flustered, I mean, hell, I, I can't be that easy, coach. I gotta be I gotta be stronger mentally than that right there. So this that old forty five minute commute I got every day is beautiful. Allows me to allows me to decompress. I got a beautiful wife and a and a seven month old little baby girl at the house. I want to walk in the door fresh 
and, and with my mind right, man. So it, it's not bad at all. I, I enjoy it. Come see us, man. When you're in Houston, let me know. We'll, we'll hang a bit. Hell yeah, man. Kudos to you. Congratulations on the baby, man. That's always a blessing. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I got a 23-year-old daughter, man. So, you know, my shotgun's been in the house for, fuck, for about 15 <laughs> years. Uh, so, you know, I know how it is, man. Um, uh, appreciate everybody, man. Make sure you follow Clint, man. Go listen to him. He talks some real stuff. They have great uh, banter on, on his show. Um, man, listen, I appreciate you coming in, man. I know we've been talking a few times. Um, were you on the movie? Were you the quarterback at Arkansas on that movie, Greater? I was the quarterback at Arkansas. Now, that little fella that they got to, to play my role, um, he, he was he was a little thin. He was a little light in the ass, if you know what I mean, Coach. But he did a good job. And Yeah, that, that, uh, that that's, they did a great job with that show. If you hadn't seen the movie Greater, man, take your kids. If you're a coach, take your team. It, they did a great job of not only telling uh, a, a great football story, a great team sports story, but I tell you what, they did a great job of telling you who Brandon Burlesworth was, who, for those out there that don't know, he was a walk-on, I mean, tore, walk-on offensive lineman, tore his body down from 290 to 250 and built it back up. And by his senior year, he was an All-American, uh, you know, Indianapolis Colts draft pick, got killed in a car accident. But it is a it was a beautiful story about a – an absolutely beautiful man, no question. I got to defend you on this deal now. So I watched that show last night. I wanted to watch that movie. I was drinking a few times, you know, and I got some. I, I posted that I sent you. I, I was like, Clint's going to come on the show. So I got all these fucking naysayers hitting me up. And they're like, are you going to ask Clint about the fumble versus Tennessee in 98? And do do do. So here's the answer. I watched the show and rest in peace, Brandon Burlesworth. But Brandon hit your ass and tripped you up, did he not? Yeah, man, he got he was he opened up and his foot caught mine and uh, I went down and, and I, I didn't I put the ball on the ground. Cause you know how it is when you're the quarterback and you touch leather every single time. The the program, the fan base, the team they trust you to protect that son of a bitch. And, and I tell you what, I put it on the turf, man. I I didn't turn it over a whole hell of a lot over the over that year. We had a great year, but. Boy, that was one that I can't run away from. And I tell you what, Coach. Hey, I think less of you if you didn't ask me about it. Hell, it, 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 it's a big part of, of who I am today. And I tell you what, if anybody out there wants to become a man, if anybody out there wants to, to hear a story of how sports can help build an individual, that's one of them, boy. That's some serious sports adversity that, that changed my life. And, and I, look, I don't run from it. I've had, to, I've had to whoop a couple dudes' ass in bars over it. I had to pull my mom off of a dude one night in a bar in Fayetteville. Um, but uh, but it is what it is. I don't run from it. It's good shit, man. Man, I fucking love it, man. I, I wish there was more tough-skinned individuals, man. I just I, To me, you're a one-fucking-percenter. I don't believe under people understand it. Like, you're a one-percenter. You played at that level. You went to the league. And I told Dan Orlovsky, I'm getting him on the show this week, and we fuck around all the time. And we've mended fences. Pat McAfee tied us up, and we got to talk, and we we became real close. I never had any personal problem with Dan. I didn't know Dan. All I said was, know the difference between fucking zone and power when you're talking about it. I saw it. And I said, that's all I care about. I I wasn't bashing him, character, or anything like that. But everyone gives him shit for stepping out of bounds, right? And now, Jimmy G's now. He just passed it forward to Jimmy G, right? Um, (laughs) 
He's a one percenter. Dan's a one percenter. He played in the league just like you did. He fucking he's on a show now on ESPN. Like people want to talk all that shit, but they're the ones at home on Twitter fucking selling cars and donuts. You know what I mean? And it, it just blows my mind, man. So um, I, I I agree with you, man. We got to go through those hiccups and, and bumps in the roads to to create some tough skin, man. So. Let me just talk some ball. Do you do you like what you're seeing with Arkansas and Sam Pittman? Um, I know they had a hiccup this past weekend with AM. I know Sam well. He recruited me a long, long time. I think he's a great dude. I like his energy. I like everything. I think the kids buy into him. I think uh I think they've bought into the his his culture and and and, and rebuild there. Um I, I had a feeling that AM was gonna win that one on a neutral site, even though because I saw Arkansas struggle a little bit versus Cincy team who I thought they should beat bad. I thought they struggled versus Missouri State FCS school that I think you should beat at the power five level. Um, how do you think about what do you think about your your Arkansas squad? Look, I, I love where Arkansas's at, man, and, and I, I think Sam Pittman's done a great job of of taking advantage of a couple of things. And I know you I know you're not getting into this just generally speaking, but um, Sam Pittman's done a hell of a job of taking advantage of a COVID-19 situation where all your players get a sixth year if they, if they so choose. And he's taken advantage of the transfer portal. And at the University of Arkansas, really, at, at look, I, I mean, at the end of the day, at, at all except for maybe 10 universities, 12 universities in America, you got to take advantage of that kind of shit, man. You, you, don't, you don't have the depth that – the typically now I know it's up and down it's a fluid situation in college football but you don't typically have the depth that you can you can create at let's say USC or in Oregon out there on the west coast in here we're talking about Texas Texas A&M you're talking about um, Florida Georgia Tennessee Alabama LSU I mean they got dudes in there two and three D that would start at other schools at, at a majority of other schools so you don't have the ability to naturally create depth and create uh, you know, just develop more, more, uh, more bodies across your starting line. Well, when you get a COVID nineteen year, and all of a sudden you get the transfer portal where other people have developed your players, all of a sudden a school like Arkansas can do those things. And so, I love what what Sam Pittman's done. He's capitalized on those opportunities. But I tell you what, JB, this is something that I firmly believe in in life. And, and I, I don't know you personally, uh, you know, until now. But I've watched obviously, and I listen to you. I follow you. I think I know a little bit about you. There's one thing that plays nationwide in the game of football, whether we're talking about coaches or we're talking about quarterbacks, leaders in general, whoever that is. There's one thing that, that, that plays, and that's authenticity. If you're an authentic dude, you can be a rough around the edges, in your face, I mean, dog cussing son of a bitch like you. Or you can be a soft-spoken, uh, row-your-boat type of dude like my man up in Minnesota. And it's authentic. You can walk in a house in Compton, and if you're authentic, it plays. You can walk in a house right up the street right here in, in, in East Texas, Beast Texas as we like to call it, Coach, and that authenticity plays. And it don't matter if you're black, don't matter if you're white, don't matter if you're Hispanic. If you're female, male, mom, dad, grandma, it don't matter. That shit plays and plays in a major way. And so I, Pittman's got that. Sam Pittman has it. He surrounded himself with those kind of guys. And uh, I, I think Arkansas is in a really good spot 
for the future, man. Man, that's a great point. I, people used to call me a chameleon growing up, the only white dude in Compton. You know, having seen that, I'm like, hey, man, I'm as Juco as Juco gets. I think I can go anywhere. I don't care what part of the country it is. And, and I don't care, like you said, man, you know, white, black, red, blue, left, right, whatever we do politically or racially speaking, whatever, man. It, it, real recognizes real at the end of the day, like you said. And uh, I just think that, uh, pe- people don't understand. Can't hide, coach. Yeah. Huh? Real recognizes real, and a fraud can't hide. You right, you right about that, man. They see right through you. They see right through you. Hey, Clint, you know this playing in the in the league and playing with the with with at Arkansas, and then you, you. I'm sure you had kids that came from JUCO with you there, and then you go NFL. You played with some JUCO guys there. Uh, people don't understand. People want to call these kids like we get we get called shit on Twitter all day long, right? You can call these kids dumb and slow and all these things. What they're not is stupid. And they'll, rec- they'll see right through your ass in a New York minute. If you fake, if you lie, if you cheat them, if you steal from them, they will see it. And, and like I said, real recognizes real and the fraud or lie. You, you're right about that, man. They, they see right through that shit. And it's, it's, uh, it's very, very interesting that that travels, like you said. I like how that you term that. Uh, Cowboys, you for, former Cowboy yourself. Uh, is Dak worth the money? Who? That's a tough question for me because I, I I got a little different perspective, you know, on Dak. I'm a big Dak fan. Love when they drafted him. I love what he did in college. I tell you what, they're playing LSU one day when he's at Mississippi State, and their their QB plus one run game between the tackles is absolutely dominant. It's a beautiful thing, and they bump up against LSU. And this was back when Les Miles was there, obviously. But they had some they had some absolute monsters up front, right? And Mississippi State found out real quick. She had all this all this QB plus one. I know I know we got a hat for a hat because my quarterback can run, but we still can't move these big some bitches. All of a sudden, Dan Mullen came out in the second half and put Dak Prescott in gun. And now they lost the football game, but it was a tight ball game because Dak Prescott sat back there in gun and started just picking them apart. Boom, 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 boom. Run for you know, scramble for a first down. Boom, 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 scramble. At that moment, I became a huge Dak Prescott fan. I love that the Cowboys got him in the fourth round. My problem is, and this is this is the problem with a lot of marriages out there, Coach. I mean, if we're being completely honest, right? A lot of folks want to go out there and find this guy or this gal, and boy, in the streets, and, and when they're hanging out, and they ain't got no responsibilities, they ain't got no kids, boy, that's a cool son of a bitch. I like the fact that he's a – I like the fact that he's a JUCO coach and he's gone half the time or hell, he's gone 99% of the time. I got my freedom. I, I like that he's rough around the edges. Boy, then all of a sudden you marry that son of a bitch and, and, and two years in, they're like, I don't like the way he talks to me. I don't like the way that he's gone. It's like, no, that's the one you married. That's who the hell you married right there. You can't up and decide that ain't what you like, right? So the Cowboys go and they, 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 they just wipe up Dak Prescott. Why? Because he was so sexy at Mississippi State. And then you bring him to Dallas, and you want him to turn into Tony Romo. You want him to turn into Tony Romo. And you want him to just be a, be a surgeon from the pocket the way that Tony Romo, uh, you know, was, was so special. And he was special now. Hell, I got cut for Tony Romo. I watched him with my own eyes. I watched him throw one ball, and I said, well, shit, my career's done in Dallas. It's done. We were in training camp, coach. Hey, Clint, Clint, I try to tell people that that motherfucker is a top 10 skill set guy of all time. People are like, oh, no, no, no. I said, just skill set wise, throwing the ball, quickness, release, accurate. Tony Romo's top 10 skill set dude of all time. 
Coach, when that some bitch, I, I, this is all, this is all, no, no bullshit, right? I thought it was, it was, I'm having my best training camp. I'm gonna get back to my dad Prescott point. Um, but I, I'm having my best camp. It's my third year. Bill Parcells, fourth year. Bill Parcells comes in, and and Bill Parcells. The beautiful thing about Bill was Bill. I, my whole career, I had tried to make a football team with a bunch of dudes where 75% of us weren't going to be on the team. Like we just couldn't compete, but we got second halves of preseason ball games that we got to go in there and play, right? Well, Parcells comes in and he's and he doesn't believe in like first, second, third string in training camp. He's like, no, quarterback, if you fuck up, next guy in. Let's go. Let's keep the let's keep the, the drill rolling. So I started getting run with Joey Galloway and Rocket Ishmael and Jason Witten and Larry Allen and Mark Stepnoski and Flozell Adams and all these dudes. And I'm like, shit, the game's a lot slower and things a lot things are a lot clearer when I'm when when I'm with dudes that can that can hold the line of scrimmage, that can create throwing lanes. When, I, when I'm throwing to dudes that are creating separation, that are settling in voids on the defense, I'm like, shit, this is easy. I mean, this takes me back to my college days. Well, shortly after that, I got cut because Parcells walks up. And he's like, hey, this young kid, Romo, I got to get him some reps. It's late in camp, and uh, he's going to get your reps. I said, well, son of a bitch. So we had, a little, little, we had some words back and forth. Needless to say, it didn't mean nothing. And I'm standing back behind a, seven on, or a team drill like this, Coach. Madden him, madden him up. Like, I'm sitting there like, like this. And Romo takes a gun snap and drops back and he throws the ball. And I'm like, where's this young son just throwing this ball? And I'm talking about he laid that thing in that cover two void on a dig route, coach. And he saw it before any of us saw it. I mean, and, and all of us have been in the league for several years. I'm just like, oh, shit. I better pack my bags. That right there. <laughs> that right there. It's hey. special, man. People don't shit. get that shit, man. People don't understand that shit, man. I- there's a difference to this thing. Like, there's different. I used, I grew up. I used to watch Troy Aikman. I grew up. I went to all these little camps. I was way younger, and uh, that motherfucker was the ball never hit the turf, never hit never. the ground, never hit the ground. And I'm like, dude, I, I've seen this dude play his whole life, and I'm just like, that motherfucker, most accurate. Now they're talking about all the stats and shit, man. Fuck stats. At that in that era with Emmitt Smith and Novacek and Irvin on the edge and and uh, Harper Harper. The motherfucker yeah, didn't need know. to throw the ball 50 times a game. They ran play action, ISO power, zone, and let Emmett be the all-time leading rusher, control the, 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 the O-line with Larry, Larry Allen, by the way, I grew up with. Um, hey, was Tank Johnson on your sta- staff or squad? No, he, he was after he was after me. Uh, I was just on his show. That's why I, I brought it up. But um, very ironic, man. It's pretty crazy. So back to Dak. You, you, you yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, get, I get it from my mom, coach. I get it from my mom. I'm sorry. I blame it on her. Oh, no, I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> hey, I'm ADHD as a motherfucker. <laughs> hey, so here's the deal with Dak Prescott. At the end of the day, the Cowboys wiped him up, and then they wanted to change him when they made him a starter, right? To answer your question, my thoughts on Dak Prescott, I love Dak Prescott if you, if you use Dak Prescott the way Buffalo uses Josh Allen, right? I mean, I love Dak if you use his legs. And I know he got injured. That's part of it. That, today's today's NFL quarterbacks, I don't want to hear no bullshit about, oh, well, we're, we're worried about injury. I understand there's extremes like Lamar Jackson. That's a different deal. But when you're talking about these guys, that I just need to tote the rock six or eight times in a controlled manner in a ball game in a regular season, and I might need him to carry it 10 or 12 in, in the postseason to go win me a game, right? I'm, Dak Prescott needs – a run game. Dak Prescott needs to use the, the quarterback plus one plus, plus Zeke Elliott in the run game to then get simple throws. 
They, they think because he goes out there and scores 50-some-odd points last year in week one against Tampa. That shit, you and I both know, Coach. That, you can't repeat that shit 17 times. Far and few between. I mean, you can't. And he's got the luxury, Coach, to, to go run, create a run game using your quarterback. And then I'd say 90% of your passes are passes that you can repeat. Passes that I can make at 44 years old right now. The game doesn't have to be so fucking difficult. But Kellen Moore wants to make this game so difficult, so sexy, all these fireworks, when it's just like, man, take the guy that you married, let him be him, and see if you can win that way. The good thing is I think all they've been through this year, they may be on that particular track even when Dak Prescott comes back. Hey, I, I like that uh, perspective because this is the thing. This is the flip side to it by a bad – and I don't want to say it's a bad coach or whatever, you know, Kellen Moore, McCarthy, all this shit. But what it does do, though, is whether it's malicious intent or not, Zeke went all offseason. Kudos to him. Came back. He looked like the Ohio State Zeke game one, I thought, as far as his body type. They gave him 10 t- touches only. He looked like he was fucking got some hip wivel. He was getting to the line of scrimmage. He was getting vertical. He had a cut to him. He had a hell of a jump cut, play one. I'm like, damn, Zeke looks like he was four years ago. So, you only get in the ball 10 times, and you get beat 19-3 to three or whatever, and it's like, okay. Game two comes, though, and you don't feed him the rock, and you depend on Dak or what have you. Now you're starting to see, okay, what's going on? Now we got this kid, Cooper Rush, in here who's balling out because we've had one good game, and I see that, you know, the OC runs over, hugs him after the game, and I'm wondering... How much does Zeke and all the players, when they bought in and went and got in shape and did the things you're supposed to do as a professional football player, but when do you lose when do you lose faith in the coach saying, "All right, man, listen, I'm only getting eight catches a game, touches a game. Our fucking our offense is stagnant. We're not doing shit." And then you lose the locker room on that side of the football, and now the head coach is trying to corral both sides of football, and you got to fucking divide and conquer deal. And so it's a bad deal. It happens every year. I'm sure you've been a part of those things. Like, what happens when, when do they stop buying in and now you have a just a complete fucking shit show in there? And, and, and what I saw, to be honest, on the other side is I see Cooper Rush being hugged by the OC, Kellen Moore. I, be, I see the players adapting to him, and I'm wondering, is it because this motherfucker's coachable and wants to do it? Because I don't see him running up to Dak like that. And, and I'm yeah. curious, is that a thing? Like, do you think that's a thing? You know better than me being around there. I got a few people over there, and I got a couple kids there. But they like this Cooper Rush kid for whatever reason. And uh, I'm curious to see, is there a, is there a something brewing here? Uh, because Dak is injury-prone, brother, and we're paying him a lot of money. And he's been out, tw- you know, meaningful football games now. And now we're depending on this cat after we've paid him quite a bit of money. That is worrying me about Lamar Jackson. It worries me about Kyler Murray. It worries me about these cats that use their feet more than their arm. Um, do you see an issue going on in, in Dallas at the quarterback spot? Or do you think Dak's – I mean, we know it's his job when he comes back. But how sustainable is Dak Prescott well, in the NFL? Look, I, I mean, here's the deal, coaches. Is there, there's several layers to what you just asked, right? I, I think we, we, from a coaching perspective, I, I, I think you've got – I just don't – I don't – I don't – feel and I don't hear and I don't see an alpha in Mike McCarthy. I just don't. I, as a, I don't. So I don't believe that he's going to be able to handle whatever situation is real in Dallas. If there are any, uh, if there's any smoke 
if you will, around the quarterback situation. Hey, how great Dallas is Aaron Rodgers for winning with that motherfucker? Oh God, I mean, I mean, he's a fucking freak, man. I mean, that, that, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just what Aaron does on it. Mean, it's the best pass for the football I've ever seen. Uh, no, no doubt, me too. I didn't, I didn't cut you off, but I'm just saying he won with that coach in Green Bay. Yeah. And now look yeah. at what's happening. Cause to yeah. your point, go ahead. So you don't well, like what he well, see. Well, but to my point, like, like that's a, it's a, it's a great example. Like. If my point was, if you've got alphas in the locker room that that are interested in in first and foremost winning football games, then you don't need that alphabet head coach. To hell with it. It don't matter, right? It's not – who cares, right? So then you go to the Zeeks and you go to the Dak Prescotts, the Tyron Smiths, um, the Van Der Esch and, and Michael Parsons, even though he's young, he's clearly an alpha that's out there absolutely balling. Um you know, I, I think it's – and I don't know the answer to this question, JB, but it's up to those guys of whether they let, you know, outside noise or they let, you know, the quarterback controversy – there isn't one, but let, let some kind of fake quarterback controversy get brewed up. It's up to them. If Dak slips, and the Cowboys are going to slip. You know, if Zeke and his boys are over in the corner of the locker room talking about, man, Dak, Dak's always injured. He, we, we, weren't winning, we weren't winning with him. It's we, we could win. We could win more often. We get more carries when Cooper rushes. If that's going on, then shit, the Cowboys ain't got a chance. But when you talk about the quarterback controversy, I, I don't think there is one. I, I think you look at this situation, and, and it's 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 a very simple, it's a very simple discussion to me. If Dak Prescott doesn't look at this and go, okay, because we're all human. I've done it as a quarterback. I get to a point where I, 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 I balled out. Uh, I don't necessarily like all the play calls that are going on. And so I try to do more. You know, I, I, whether it's changing the play or it's, or, or it's, you know, hanging on a deep route too long or, you know, not it, just try to do more. And, and you get in a, in a haze as a starter. And sometimes it's really good to take a step back and watch a dude go in there and just do the simple thing savagely well and have success. And, do you learn from that? So that's the question for me with Dak is do you watch what's going on? Do you recalibrate and come back in and play a little different style of ball? Or do you just come back in guns blazing? Nah, no right. doubt. I, uh, earlier before you came on, I got, I got an email, man. I got a great news. I got a, I got DV sport, probably the only person in fucking America in his house. So I know the owner, that's who instant replays through on NFL and college. And, uh, so I have it here so I can show film. I was cleared by YouTube where I don't get a strike now. I can actually show NFL film. So I can show film now moving forward. So it'll be, it'll be good uh, going forward so I can show these things. But yeah, let yeah. me ask you this. Today's landscape, college or NFL, I'm a true believer, um, and I won't keep you too long. I know you're busy as shit. I, I, I'm a true believer. You will coach it or you allow it. And – this thing, this happened last night, okay, and and and, and we're, we played the position, okay. I know I grew up with Eric Bieniemy, by the way, um, so I, I I'm familiar with his crazy ass as well as understanding. But what do you take from seeing this, and do you take anything out of this? I don't, I don't. To me, it's normal QB OC banter. Um, this is nothing. In my opinion, this is nothing like this. This is a situation where I'm like, hold on here, okay? This is a motherfucker that was comfortable doing it. He don't care who he's doing it to. 
Uh, coach, player, it don't matter. And that's only going to get out of fucking hand, right? I think that's even going to be worse. The quarterback OC shit, we've all been there. Like, that ain't nothing. He Mahomes wasn't demonstrative. He wasn't uh, aggressive. He just, they're just, he's, a, he's, he's showing displeasure. I wanted to go for it. The enemy's going to talk his shit because that's what he does. Um, and I guarantee you, those players ain't testing Eric to be enemy. That motherfucker will whip their ass. But, uh... <laughs> The Jet kid, I got a kid, a first rounder, Jermaine Johnson, starting a D in there. Uh, you know, I'm, I, that's the shit I don't like because somewhere we allowed that to happen years ago. We didn't correct it, and that motherfucker thinks he can jump up on a coach. And that's the problem. We have no hierarchy no more. It starts, in my opinion, at the lower level. But now that we're throwing these kids these big bags, we're allowing them to transfer at all-time rate. Um, I correlate it to that type of shit, and that's the behavior that I that I get out of it. Um Where's your land? What do you think about this college landscape? As far as uh, it starts below before college, but but the transfer portal and the NIL deal, uh, we could talk about that on a whole show. We don't need to get into it. We already know what it is. But but you said you know you see Arkansas, you see some teams benefit from it. But do you think that's a direct correlation from what we allow instead of what we coach? Oh, look, I, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I think I think there's there's a sense of entitlement with this generation of football players, whether we're talking about high school, college, or pros. That's unhealthy. Now, I, I think it's I think it's necessary because where we were, um, and I, again, I'd love to join you some other time to talk about the college transfer portal NIL. But just real quick, I, I think that it was necessary. High school, college, and pros. The way things were were structured and the rules that were in place had become so extreme, uh, and in favor of the coaches, ads, and programs, it was leaving the players behind. Whether we're talking about money or we're talking about transfer, so. Um, I, I think it was necessary, uh, JB. I, I think it was necessary for a change to happen. So just generally speaking, I believe change is good. Now, we, we, the NCAA didn't, did not do a good job of managing it, just like they're not doing a good job of managing realignment. Um, so it's, it's out of whack. It's the wild, wild west. But I, I'm willing to deal with the wild, wild west to get away from what, we, of what I believe was just outdated and, and, and it was time for a change. I think the sense of entitlement that comes along with that, with paying kids really early, with, with you know, boosting these kids up, put them on a, on a platform at a really early age, giving them a bunch of money, giving them whatever they want, telling them how great they are consistently. Coaches even have to do that now in college, right? JV, if you were still coaching at junior college, you'd have to, you'd have to temper it a bit because the dude could look at you and be like, hey, I'm out. Hey, I should, I'm, hey that Juco that, that, we, uh, that we beat last week at last year in the championship – they got, a, they got a nice little bag over there for them, and you can kiss my ass. You know, they, it, it's not like it used to be. So the sense of entitlement is the problem. How do you write that shit? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and, and to speak directly to the video clips you showed, I ain't got a problem at all with the Pat Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy back and forth. I, I, I completely take quarterbacks and set them aside when I'm talking about attitude problems or, or guys blowing a gasket on the sideline. I've always been – it's always drove me nuts that people want to take Tom Brady throwing an iPad and Tom Brady ripping somebody's ass on the sideline and say, well, if he can do it, then so-and-so can do it. Uh, I, I just – I put quarterbacks in a league of their own, um, and, and they, they, the, the, the communication is totally different. Um, yeah, I put O-line in that same group almost. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, fair. But, 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 but JB, the, the thing with Quinn and Williams, and I don't want to say this because I, I don't, I'm not in that locker room. I believe we got to look at that and go, okay, 
I don't like the way it looks, no question about it. You can't get in a coach's face. I just don't that, – that just not, – not in a way of like I, – I, I mean, I'm, I'm over the top of you. I'm physically – I'm physically, uh, you know, trying to trying to intimidate you. Like that's bullshit. They ain't no, there ain't no, there ain't no place in 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 winning football for that. But I'm glad, I'm glad the coach stood up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I looked, I looked, I looked. Oh boy, up. I mean, he ain't, when he stood up, I realized shit. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't little bitty now because Quentin Williams is a big old boy. And he stood up and and was at least at least holding his own. Now I don't know if he was if he was real really real confident about the situation he was in, but at least stood up. Here's the deal though. Like with Quentin Williams, is is that a because this is different, Coach? And, and I, you tell me how you would handle it. Is Quentin Williams a hothead, loud mouth that thinks he's above the team? And and if he is, then you and I's Jets coaches and players, we know that. And so I got a problem with what he did. Or is he a guy that's always bought in, that busts his ass, that is a leader? And you know what? The game of football gets hot on the sidelines sometimes. My man made a mistake. Right, it matters what kind of it yeah, matters it what kind of the, the history of Quentin Williams matters in this situation, and I don't know it. I don't know what the history is, so I can't bang on Quentin Williams. If it was a if it was an outburst, still can't happen. Can't have it on my sideline. But I'm gonna treat it totally different than I am if it's a loud mouth that's always out of line, that's always bumping his gums, that's always a distraction, that's in the way of my leadership. That's it's it's a different it's it's a different method of handling that in my opinion based on those 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 uh, circumstances. And, and you know, would he have done that with Saban? See, that's the thing I have. That's the question I have. You know what I mean? Because well, I don't believe well, he would. Well, have. Well, JB, would he have done it with Robert Hey, Clint, you there? I lost you. Yeah, I'm here, baby. I'm here. You good? Nah, you froze up on us. Let me see. You got me? I got you. Nah, you're frozen up. Um, yeah, maybe call right back. Um, yeah, I agree fully with Clint what he's saying with that situation. Uh, hopefully, he'll call right back in. We'll get. I'm gonna get his pick for tonight, and I'm also gonna play a game with him real quick before he gets out of here. I'm going to ask him about some coaches. Are they worth the money? And I'm going to ask him about some quarterbacks. Are they worth the money? Um, and then we'll get him out of here, and then we'll continue the show, and we'll break down um, a few other things. I'm going to get into this AFC West. Are they overhyped? And uh, and then uh, and then we'll end the show for today, man. Six, it's already an hour and a half in. I appreciate everybody. Make sure you hit the like button on three on me. One, two, three. Hit the like button. Pound that bitch. And subscribe and become a member today if you haven't been. We got a few members today, new members. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I'm going to break down that. We're going to get into that. Um, here we go. Oh, he was in. And he got back out. Um, so I, he I heard a crackle on his thing, but I, 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 it wasn't bad enough to say start over. So hopefully he gets that uh, figured out. Um Clint's a great dude, man. You can tell he's a real one, and uh, we love uh, we love what he's talking about right now. Um, here we go. Let's see. Here you go. Come on, Coach. My bad. There you go. Uh, I, I, I'm literally sitting on top of this damn modem, JB. What the hell? I mean, I'm literally, I'm sitting on top of this son of a bitch. Hey, you, you know, the deal is you, uh, you got that Boost Mobile shit like I got. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, all right, here we go. Let's let's break. Let's get down into this. I, I love your takes, man. Uh, the, the crowd loves you. Make sure you follow them. It's on the ticker. Here's the game. I want to play a game real quick. All right, first time I've ever done this. We're gonna call it. Is he worth the money? <clears throat> Lamar Jackson, yay or nay? No. Kyler Murray, yay or nay? No, no. Deshaun Watson, yay or nay? Yes, yes. Really? Yeah. Kirk Cousins, yay or nay? Oh, man. Uh, no. Baker Mayfield. No. Derek Carr. Boy, I want to say yeah because I like Derek Carr, but but you, you got to get 250. To get 250 and get, get the chunk of it guaranteed, you got to win, man. No, nah, 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 I can't give Derek Carr max. Carson Wentz. Hell no. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yes. Russell Wilson already got the money. Did they yes. fuck up? Oh, they may they, a bunch of the hell. I may be fucking up on several of these yeses, but I I, I like to do is be be real with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Russell's worth it. Yeah. I don't know now, coach. I don't know about for seven years. That's the part of that contract tying yourself to Russell Wilson for seven more years. I don't know if that's if that's the 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 best idea. But is he worth the money right now? Yes, it, yes, it is. And 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 we're, I think I think we're going to find out by the end of the year if he actually is worth the money because he's got to take that some bitch over. Hey, I agree to, with every single to. person you just said, uh, except Deshaun, because of I don't know how we paid a guy before we found out that the motherfucker did what he did or whatever. That's the part I don't get. And I think that fucked up the landscape of the NFL marketplace because now Lamar Jackson can't get his bag because of what this fucker got paid. Yeah, well, Coach, I, I'm just telling you, I sat here, I covered, I covered him in Houston, and I'm telling you, we, we, you know this as well as anybody, JB, being a coach, is it is damn near impossible to play the quarterback position, get into the playoffs at all, to play the quarterback position at a high level when you've got to overcome an unbelievable amount of dysfunction. No doubt. I mean, I mean there's guys that are in ideal situations that don't play well or that can't win the, in the playoffs. They're surrounded by pro bowlers and can't win. Hell, your boy Romo, you just mentioned, he, I don't know that anybody's played with more fucking pro bowlers than Romo, and he, could, and he couldn't win. And I'm not banging him. It's just the reality of it. No, no, it, it, it factor. It factor. Yeah, Coach, I'm telling you, I, I watched Deshaun Watson literally put a, what we know now is the most dysfunctional organization. I, and, hell, I was with Miami when Miami was as dysfunctional as I've ever seen. Um he, he put that organization on his back and went out there and won a playoff game. You know, I, it just – I mean, those are – this kid's special, man. Now, I, I don't – you know, I, I don't know who did what. Obviously, he was living a, 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 a life that, that uh, was sketchy as shit at the very, at the very least, if not, if not, you know, illegal and, and, and should have placed him in prison. I don't know. I don't know about all that. But um, I know from a quarterback's perspective, this kid, when, he's, when the rust is gone and this kid's in a groove, He's a top five guy in this league for me, coach. Okay, hey, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on all those things. I think Russell Wilson to turn it around. I'm a big, I'm a big believer. Hurts has surprised me to date. I haven't been a believer. He's making me one. I know he came out here to Cali and worked with Jordan Palmer, a few other guys. He has looked a lot better this year. I got to be honest. I don't know if it's sustainable, but we'll see. Uh, Lamar JB, Jackson JB, the same JB, way. JB, there's check it out though, man. I mean, Jay, Hurts. I worked with Hertz a little bit. He's from right here, Channel View, which is right next to Baytown. Yep. You know where it's at. You recruited down here. 
Um, his pops was a coach at my high school, real good friends with my, my – I'm going to tell you, man, take football out of the mix. There are very few men walking this planet that are wired the way that Jalen Hurts is wired. And from a leadership perspective, I, I just – I don't know when, when you, you don't have to have these – like he doesn't have to be as, as – as good as he is right now throwing the football, because he's not great, but he's really good. And I've never seen a kid that goes 21 years old that's won a national championship all of a sudden decide to completely recreate his throwing motion the way he has in three years. It's incredible what he's done. But at the end of the day, he's already better than really he needs to be when you factor in the, the, the intangibles. I've never been around a player, and I'm talking about Coach JB from the – just the way the kid processes life, the way the kid processes information, the, the, the authenticity, the natural leader. It doesn't matter business, football, soccer. I don't give a shit if you speak the same language. I don't care if you're from the same area. Jalen Hurts, you're going you're gonna to get on that boat, brother. You're going to get on that bus. You're going to ride with Jalen Hurts. And so I think it's with him, he is an organization stabilizer. And he's with a coach that obviously will build a system around a quarterback, which is rare as well in today's NFL. And so all of those factors go into why I would pay Jalen Hurts. I look at paying Deshaun Watson, I'm just paying the talent. And I'm hoping he stays his ass out of trouble, right? Um, and, and I'm going to go win a bunch of football games with him. I'm paying Jalen Hurts because the tangibles are good enough, the intangibles are through the roof, and as an organization, I got confidence that my coach is going to build around this guy. The whole thing with him. Set. That's it. Yeah. That's it, baby. Let me ask That's you it. this. Um, why hasn't Lamar Jackson seeked out and done the same shit? Every offseason, I see him on IG stories throwing nine balls, and I'm like, can we throw a fucking dig or a hitch? I said, and, and why is his platform yet to change? And it looks like it's got worse. Jalen Hurts' shit has actually changed mechanically. I know Jordan Palmer well. He's been on the show. Um, I think he does a great job. You know, I just wish that Lamar would do the same thing because we know as gifted as he is, eventually it's going to come a day, Clint. He's going to have to make his ass a living in the pocket because he can't right. do this shit <laughs> for five years. So yeah. I don't know. Here, I, I know you got two. I, I got one minute for you. I know I'm going to get your take on this. Again, uh, the same game. Are these coaches worth the money? Mel Tucker, Michigan State. No. Dabo no. Sweeney. Who? Yes. He's won two. So, uh, Kirby Hard Smart. Kirby Smart. Yes. Yes. Jimbo Fisher. No. Mario Cristobal. Who? that's a tough one for me, Coach. But right now, i got to say no. Freeman, Notre Dame kid. Oh, wow. No. I'm with you exactly on every one of them. Dabo and Kirby's won a natty. I mean, they're right there with, with the only other one that won one there is Jimbo, but he won it on an inherited roster at Florida State, and ever since he's been absolute shit. And they ran my guy Sumlin out of A&M, and, and he has an actual better <laughs> record than Jimbo through the same amount of time. It's unbelievable. Uh, well, look, JB, here's the deal. Here's the deal with Jimbo Fisher, and I'm crazy this doesn't get more national run. I, I, know, I'm not th I know I'm not that far off. When you're an offensive-minded head coach that's making damn near $10 million a year that's known for developing athletes and quarterbacks, and clearly your, your program, you've been there five years, and the development of athletes. Look at last year's draft class coming out of A&M. 99% of them were disappointments. I mean, they, 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 they didn't run well. They didn't perform well. How does that happen? 
right? You ain't living the right life. You're not working out. You're not. Um, he might have got a phone call. Let's see. Coach, you still got me? My yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. You probably okay. got a call or something. I got you. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, so you look at Jimbo Fisher's just like, whether we're talking about the draft, I, I, and a coach told me this a long time ago. If you want to know the health of a program, look at their draft class. Do they have a good numbers of guys coming out that are potential draft picks? And are those top-end draft picks? I don't care if the top-end is second round or third round because programs are different. But if your top three or four athletes that are slated to go in the second round, do they shift the bed in their workouts and end up fourth-rounders, right? Do your guys that start the season as All-Americans that need to be, you know, their, their top 15 picks, do they shift the bed and end up bottom of first or even third-round draft picks? You look at A&M, they had guys that were ranked way up here, got drafted down here, right? You look at their quarterback play. How many years are we going to look at their quarterback play and say, oh, man, they just don't have a quarterback? You got a quarterback guru. You got a great recruiter. You got a great developer. Who who's who's whose fault is that? You look at their offense, coach, and they're just their offense is outdated as shit. Who's calling the plays? Jimbo Fisher. So I just I think at some point you got to look at him and go, hey man, some things are gonna have to change. They, he got a ninety million dollar buyout. He ain't going nowhere, right? And so. Most most people go, he beat Alabama last year and he's got a $90 million buyout. I don't want to have this conversation with you, Clint. No, we're having this son bitch. <laughs> we, no, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. No it's doubt. Good. No doubt. And he's got $40 billion booster money paying for these kids. So my, and my question is this, though. Why isn't guys like Lance Leopold, a good friend of mine at KU, 4-0, first time KU's been 4-0 and fucking who, who knows what, built a culture. The App State guy beats A&M, beats fucking Michigan years ago. He's in the hunt. Uh, they lost the other night. But, but why are these guys making 400 k and building cultures and winning at programs that should not be winning in this current landscape, which I call watered-down football in this, in, this, in this current landscape of college football. But at the same time, it's a recyclable business, Clint. You know the business. And, and it's the same guy that gets fired at one place, gets hired at the next, and they didn't even win at the last place. And it's unbelievable. That's what we do. But that's what we are we're currently at, man, and it's crazy. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here, man. Who wins tonight? Giants? Daniel Jones, who I picked as the comeback player of the year? Or the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Cooper Rush. Who gets it done on Monday Night Football? Look here, man. I, I want to go with my Cowboys because I love some Jerry Jones now. I love some Jerry Jones. I ain't got time for a bad time, Jerry Jones. Uh, absolutely love him. But, but I, I got to ride the Giants. I think they are a very talented team. It's a crying-ass shame Joe Judge couldn't do more with them um, in the past. I, I got to ride with the, with the Giants um, on that one right there. JB, real quick on your leaphole, your leaphole point right there. You say, why are these guys making $400,000 and building cultures and not getting the love? And, and, and here's the problem. It's not that they're doing that. It's that these programs like Nebraska, when you look at their short list, you got two dudes like your, your man Leopold and, 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 uh, and Campbell at Iowa State, and then who's the other one? And I don't know how real it is. I'm just going by what Urban you're saying. Or... Urban or – Urban Meyer, who clearly shit the bed in Jacksonville. And Or here's the worst one. Here's the other one, right? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien couldn't get, a, get along with DeAndre Hopkins to the tune of trading him away for a second-round pick and David fucking Johnson, right? He couldn't get along with anybody. I mean, he burnt the Texans down on his way out. And, and here 
He goes to Alabama. And by the way, that's not Bill O'Brien's system. Nick Saban has an offense that he plugs an offensive coordinator in and says, hey, call this offense. I didn't believe it. I didn't think it was possible. I thought it was the craziest shit I ever heard. I confirmed it. So Bill O'Brien, it's not his offense. He didn't resurrect anything. And and you got your guys that are building culture that you're talking about that are clearly great coaches doing more with less, getting guys to buy in immediately, filling up stadiums at KU. Are you shitting me? And and you got a program in Nebraska going, we're going we're gonna to consider Bill O'Brien. Come on, man. That, That's the problem. I, I've said it. I've, not, I've, been, not, I've had all these different people on, man. I, I said guys that take over and build programs are guys that want to be at that program, not need to be. Bill O'Brien needs Nebraska for one year, and he's going to go back to the league, and you're back to shit. And the same with the Urban Meyer. He needs to go back to one school, win in Nebraska for a year like you do, and then he's gone back to a Ohio State, SC type of school. So, like, who wants to be at Nebraska? That's who you got to go find. And Lance wants to be at KU. I actually talked to Lance last week. I'm like, dude, he's like, Coach, I don't know if I, if I want to start over what I've done here in two years already because Nebraska is a completely start over. And the problem is, is Nebraska a better job than KU right now? I don't know if it is. I argue it ain't. KU has a $300 million football facility going in. And I'm like, well, shit, I kind of want to keep that and play – I know Oklahoma's leaving, and I know all that. But you still got the—you got Oklahoma State. You got all this shit. You're only missing Oklahoma, Texas in that division, and who knows who comes in that division? You know, BYU's coming in there. We got other few other things, but like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if KU's not a better job than Nebraska right now, even though we know Lincoln Memorials fills up, and that fan base is crazy. But yeah. I bet you they're wishing <laughs> Bo Pelini and, and, and Frank Solitz was back. That's right. crazy. Hey, here, here's the deal: is, is Kansas just got to pony up? I don't know if they had this. This is a simple, simple question for me. I mean, money. I don't give a damn how much he likes KU. He's he's gonna get a damn seventy-five million dollar buyout in about four or five years worth of a contract at at hell, probably five or six million dollars to start with, with kickers that get you to eight or nine. Can KU compete with that? If they can, I'm with you, Coach. The Big Twelve. Everybody's talking about. I, I got to ask this question of the day: If you're the agent for Oregon. And if you're the agent for who is the other one, Utah, are you pushing them to the Big Ten, the ACC, or are you pushing them to the Big 12? Everybody jumped on that Big Ten money. I said, look here, if I'm the agent of Oregon or Utah, I'm selling them why they should go to the Big 12. You got the easiest path to the college football playoff that you've ever seen in America, at least until they, until they balloon to 20 teams. And, Coach, I'm looking at that. I'm going, do I want to win and, and, and maybe maybe give away a little bit of TV money? The Big 12 TV money is going to be there eventually. The Longhorn Network is going to be gone. The Big 12 is going to get their fair share of them, of them, of them bags. It's going to be there. And, hey, if I'm Oregon, if I'm Utah, why do I want to go play Big 10? Why do I want to go play other national powerhouses? When I can sit in the Big 12 and have me an easy path to the college ball playoffs. Only way I don't go to the college ball playoffs if I'm Oregon in the Big 12, at least over the next few years, is if I shit the bed myself. I agree. I like that, man. I, I'm saying the same shit. And Arizona State and Arizona, they could stay in the Pac-12 and have a shot at going to the playoffs there too because that league just got shittier with SC and UCLA leaving. So it's like it's going to trickle down and work itself out, I think, Uh I don't know, man. I, I, I hate the current landscape because before it was about kids' protection, travel, 
resources. Now we got this SC in the middle of November has to take their equipment bus and drive to fucking Penn State. Come on, man. It's about money. We know what it is, but we know we don't want to say that shit. So it, it, it's it's one of those deals, man. I, I don't know. Uh, it's very interesting to see, man. But um, I'm going with the Giants tonight, too, man. So uh, two for two on that deal. I, man, I couldn't I can't thank you enough, man. I got I got to have you on again. And, and like I said, if you ever need somebody to come on your show, hit me up, man. I'll go on anytime. And uh, I appreciate you joining us, man. JB, I appreciate you having me, man. I, I follow you. You do good work. I don't give a shit what nobody says. It's entertaining. And, and uh, I, I see a bunch of my guys that I know on your show, man. So it's an honor to be here. And, and I appreciate you having me. Anytime you need you need anything over here in H-Town, man, holler at me. Let me know. And, and nah, I'll do my damn best. Nah, definitely, you, man. man. I appreciate you, brother. You know, you know how it is, Clint. People talk all that shit that they swear they know you off a show. But, uh... Please find a player that talks shit about me on social media. I've yet to find the motherfucker. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you, brother. Stay, stay safe out there, man, and we'll chop it up soon. All right, man. Take care. All right, Clint. Appreciate you. Uh, Clint Stone, everybody. Appreciate you. Make sure you follow him. Um, make sure you follow him. It's on the bottom ticker. Make sure you find him. Follow him on all social media platforms. Uh, appreciate him coming on. Um, and joining us, man. Uh, great morning show. Wake up with me every motherfucking day. 6 a.m. Pacific on the West Coast. 9 a.m. East Coast. Um, make sure you wake up with me, man. Every morning we talk about all things real and especially NFL football for the most part. But we'll touch on some college. College football talk later on today with Zach Smith joins the 1 p.m. show with Sarah Blake right here on YouTube. So make sure you join us at 1 o'clock today. Um, we're going to play that game with a lot of different guests, man. Um, last thing I'll get you out of here with is the AFC West overhyped. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're, if the AFC West is overhyped or not. Um, this is where I stand. The Broncos look shitty, right? But you know what? They've won two in a row. They, they could be a team that needed more preseason games. Okay. A. They didn't play together. Russell just came. New head coach. New OC, which is the head coach. Let's see Denver's talent outweigh the coaching errors that we're seeing right now. But the Broncos to date have been less than stellar. The Chargers, people's picking them to go to the Super Bowl, have looked absolutely horrendous. Um, they look shitty. Herbert's unhealthy. It's a scary time in San Diego or in, in L.A., I'm sorry. And I wish they'd go back to fucking San Diego, man. L.A. don't need both fucking teams, all right? Go back to San Diego. Be your own team, own town. Anyway, uh, Chargers look bad. The Chiefs just lost. Uh, the Chiefs just lost. And uh, now we know they're fucking mortal, right? The Raiders. 0-3 again. A Belichick. OC is the head coach who's done nothing as a head coach. He buried the fucking Broncos. He's burying the Raiders right in front of our very eyes. Um, I don't know. It's just unbelievable. Um, hey, Jay, calm the fuck down, you and fucking Mac. What in the fuck is going on? God damn. You guys calm down, man. It's a fucking show in the morning, Okay. Why are you so upset, Jay? Calm the fuck down. People disagree. Relax. 
Um, the Raiders are 0-3. I told you they would be 0-3. I told you Derek Carr was shitty. I told you Devontae Adams was going to struggle. And the AFC West is over-fucking-hyped. I think they are. I think that... I don't know if any team is going to come out of the AFC West. And I think a team that we don't expect might come out of this bitch. Being a team like a Miami or a Ravens or... Is Buffalo still going to be the top dog at the end of the day? We don't know, but I did say the Chiefs would be exposed. I did say that the Raiders were going to be absolutely horrible um, under Daniels, uh, McDaniels, and uh, and the Broncos. At least they're winning over the last two weeks. We'll see if they continue to climb. Is Herbert fucked on hurt? Is he done? Don't know. We're going to find out, but... Stay tuned for all things, man. We're going to get into a great show this afternoon. Zach Smith joins us for Menace Monday with Sarah Blake. At the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to break down all things college and some NFL. Plus, we're going to get into the Monday night football game. I'm going to do my breakdown of the Monday night game tonight at 1 o'clock. And we'll break that down and get after it. Um, And uh, please, make sure you understand and follow my boy Wido, my boy Capo. He breaks down all things betting. His show airs right after this show, right after this. Right now, he is going to go live, and he is going to talk all things betting, all things Monday night, uh, football game tonight, what to bet. Make sure you head over to the Stat Lab, peep him out. Um, Don't miss his show right now coming on and everything else, man. uh, We'll see you at 1 o'clock today, and I appreciate everybody joining us and coming on in. And uh, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag, promo code BLEAV50, believe 50. And go get you some candidates, candidatecbd.com, promo code COACHJB, all caps. And go get you some fresh merch, a bottle of whiskey, or a signed book at coachjbstore.com. Appreciate you guys all joining, man. Hit the like button on the way out of here, man. I'll see you again later on this afternoon as we're fucking working and grinding over here. All gas, no brakes. Peace. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion. And I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture that we have. The Coach JV Show uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Give it to you straight, no chaser. Sarah Blake.